With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 3, 2, 1. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. With a podcast, it's Swimming America, the Sports Podcast. It is Friday, November 10th, 2023, people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody's ready. Busy Friday, Aaron Torres pod. Here's what you need to know about today's show. A lot going on off the field, okay? So we're going to open the latest at Michigan, okay? So listen, we've talked about this story time and time and time again. You know what's going on, but the latest is that Michigan is basically lawyered up, baby. They are not backing down. They are fighting back, and they are now ready to go to war with the Big Ten. What's going to happen? What's next? What has happened since the last show? We will discuss all of that, as well as kind of why my opinion on this story has flipped. From there, we'll take a quick break. We will talk about another big off-the-field story. Uh, Ole Miss is in the middle of a lawsuit with a player. Audio of, of an interaction with the player and Lane Kiffin comes out on Thursday. It causes backlash on social media. You know we're going to discuss that. And then finally, after a heavy show, we're going to wrap a little bit fun. Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong, best and worst takes of the week. And that's basically going to be it. Should mention, by the way, before we get started, uh, if you're looking for the preview content, a couple things. One, we did a deep dive on the Michigan Penn State and the Ole Miss Georgia game on Wednesday's Aaron Torres pod. I gave you my preview. I gave you my picks. If you missed that, go back and check it out. Oh, by the way, we also have the full-time college football betting show where we do deep dives on all of these games. So make sure to check that out as well. College football betting with Aaron Torres. You can find it there. A lot of preview content. Again, if you missed the Michigan, Penn State, Ole Miss, Georgia previews, go back to Wednesday's show. With that said, it is a busy Friday. There is no more time to waste. So let's get to the topic of the day. I do want to get into the story that has obviously taken over the world of college football that is the Michigan sign-stealing allegations, Connor Stallions, all that good stuff. By now, you know the whole deal. Uh, it was kind of wild on Wednesday's Aaron Torres pod. We did this crazy thing and just previewed the game, Penn State-Michigan top 10 matchup in Happy Valley. But obviously, the thing that has kind of hovered over this story uh, over the last couple weeks, and really over the last week specifically, is that the Big Ten could unilaterally kind of supersede the NCAA and punish Michigan immediately. The NCAA has a process. 
notice of allegations takes 90 days. Michigan has 90 days to respond. And so the Big Ten has the authority based on its sportsmanship policies to basically do whatever they deem fit what's best for the league. That could be a suspension of Jim Harbaugh. That could be removing Michigan from postseason. And so that's been going on over the last couple of days. Michigan, uh, the Big Ten and Michigan met. The Big Ten presented their side. And on Wednesday, Michigan had about 48 hours to kind of present a defense. And they did so in a big, big, big way on Wednesday night. Essentially, Michigan's arguments, not that surprising. Um, One, they're arguing that sign stealing is very prevalent. One thing that we did not talk about on, on this show is the allegations that that basically multiple schools worked with Purdue to help Michigan or, or to help Purdue basically get Michigan signs and lead up to the Big Ten championship game. Now, I understand that's different than what Michigan did, sending people in person to scout these games. But that is what Michigan is arguing, is that basically there really isn't all that much difference. They're also arguing Jim Harbaugh didn't know. And they're also arguing beyond that, essentially what we've talked about a lot on this show. It's not that punishment shouldn't come. It's that the the ex, to expedite the whole process, to speed it up without due process, without time, without whatever, it's just completely unfair. It doesn't make sense. And that is essentially what Michigan's argument is. Going to read you some specifics. Uh, Yahoo has been all over this. Dan Wetzel, Ross Dellinger have done a great job. Uh, I thought Dan Wetzel had a couple very interesting tweets about this. First off, Dan Wetzel, uh, you know, first of all, Michigan submitted a multi-page document to the Big Ten, and then Jim Harbaugh's attorney, Tom Mars, who we're going to talk about in a second, um, he submitted his own statement on behalf of Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Yahoo got access to both of them. One thought this was very interesting from Dan Wetzel. One, first of all, according to Michigan, he does not believe that even the NCAA, so remember the NCAA, they started an investigation and our understanding is they have turned over documentation to the Big Ten to kind of expedite the process. The NCAA says we're kind of handcuffed by our own legalese, so we're going to help you, Big Ten, to, to move this thing along. Well, according to Dan Wetzel, there really ain't all that much documentation that really proves much of anything. According to the according to Michigan, the NCAA has not yet been able to provide significant evidence, and the Big Ten is relying on, quote, summaries and descriptions of evidence about the whole situation. Michigan argues that the Big Ten's evidence is so scant it lacked any proof of almost any wrongdoing, even by Connor Stallions. I also thought this was kind of an interesting point from Jim Harbaugh's attorney, Tom Mars. This is interesting. This is also from a Dan Wetzel tweet, but it comes from Michigan uh, Jim Harbaugh's attorney, Tom Mars. He said, when other teams had been legally acquiring Michigan signals with 100% accuracy for at least two years by studying Michigan game films, there was no reason for Coach Harbaugh or anyone else to believe that Stallions had not acquired his information about the other team's signals by using the same methodology. So for people who don't follow that, it's a bunch of legalese. But I think this is an interesting point. If you are arguing that Jim Harbaugh had no idea that the sign-stealing thing was going on, this is what Tom Morris's attorney is basically saying. He basically said, look, if all of these other teams could steal signs just off game film and it's accurate and it's whatever and they know our signs, then why would Jim Harbaugh think that an assistant coach couldn't do the same at his school and that there was something beyond that going on? And so this is all the update. This is all that's going on. The Big Ten has to, is, is taking its time to process this, and we will see if they actually try to punish uh, Michigan. 
Now, it is worth noting that Michigan has already essentially came out and said, we are going to use the full might of our legal force. Uh, I'm far from a lawyer, but it sounds like they will uh, push for an injunction, which would allow Jim Harbaugh to coach if the team was suspended, if he was suspended for Saturday. So this is all an ongoing thing. But let me just say this. Michigan's defense, while not perfect, it does, in my opinion, very much line up with a lot of what I've talked about. And frankly, a lot of why I have flipped my stance on this story. Okay. And so for people who have followed, you know, me personally, and I know I'm I'm nobody, whatever, but I bring it up because when I when this first happened, I said Michigan broke the rules, they should be punished. And I still stand by that. I have never changed my opinion. You know, like the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, people, oh, Torres, who's paying you off at Michigan? It's like, nobody's paying me off. When this happened, I said, if they broke the rules, they should be punished. What has changed, though, is the way in which this case is being, uh, is playing out and frankly, playing out in the public eye. When I said Michigan should be punished if they broke the rules, I assumed it would be under the same premise that every every investigation has been done in the history of college sports. Come in, talk to people, do interviews, get you know ancillary evidence. You present to Michigan. Michigan has time to defend themselves. You go through the process. What has frustrated me, what has disappointed me, is you now have the NCAA basically acknowledging our process doesn't work fast enough. And so we're handing over evidence to the Big Ten You have schools turning stuff in. We all know that they obviously look. I'm not saying that that if there's film from from a stadium or film from a here or film from there that proves that Michigan or not even Michigan, that Connor Stallions had scouts in the building. I get where a school would be frustrated, but you have 13 schools actively working against them. You have the Big Ten trying to collect all this information, do what's best for the league overall, all 14 schools. You have the NCAA now circumventing its own rules to help the Big Ten. And that's where my frustration has come in. Not that I think that Michigan shouldn't be punished if they broke rules, but the idea that we are completely changing the process. And then beyond that, this is the part that frustrates me, is that we're ready to do something to Michigan or Jim Harbaugh after completely circumventing the process without a single ounce of proof that Jim Harbaugh knew. Now, am I sitting here saying that Jim Harbaugh had no idea? I do not know. That is for the Big Ten to figure out. That's for the NCAA to figure out whatever. What I do believe is if you don't have the proverbial smoking gun, if you don't have the definitive proof, if you don't have the text messages, the emails, the videos, the whatever, that Harbaugh was in on this plan, that this was a building-wide decision, then I'm sorry, I don't think you should suspend a head coach in the middle of the season. Don't think it's fair to the players. Don't think it's fair to the school. Don't think it's fair. Like, I just don't think it's fair. And so, again, if something comes out in the next day, week, month, and it's there, we have proof that Harbaugh knew, then yes, I'm going to flip again and say, yes, suspend him. But to suspend him with no proof at all that he knew anything about this is ridiculous. I would also say, and I know it's become a little bit of a meme on the internet, like every time we learn something about Connor Stallions, I don't know how to say this delicately in 2023. He's an interesting character, right? The latest report that we saw this week is that he was running a vacuum repair business out of his uh, house. For people who missed this, Wall Street Journal kind of did a deep dive on him. 
And one thing they found out, he bought a house and we find out that there's a bunch of just dirty vacuum cleaners on the front porch. And when that happens, the neighbors start to complain. HOA is called. He complains that HOA must be Michigan State alums because why are they bothering him? And he started running a vacuum repair service off of his front porch. By the way, the reviews on Amazon were not good, but that's neither here nor there. So I just bring it up. The guy is not very stable. The guy had a 500-page manifesto. And as time goes on, I do believe that he probably went rogue. He doesn't seem like the most stable person. First of all, I don't even know when he had time to sleep. He's got a manifesto. Um, you know, he's he, he's he's doing this, deciphering these signs, stealing. He's running, running a vacuum repair service off of his porch. I don't even know when he had time to sleep. But to me, every piece of information we learn about him makes it more likely that, yeah, maybe he was doing this on the side. Maybe he was trying to rise up the ranks. And as Jim Harbaugh's lawyer, Tom Mars said, if, if every team can steal stuff off tape, why would Jim Harbaugh have belief that this guy that, that you know, whatever is, is sending people to other stadiums? So again, it's all going to play itself out. But I stand on the side that I have been on for the last week. If we get a smoking gun, if we get proof that Jim Harbaugh knew that he was actively circumventing the rules, then yeah, we should suspend him. We should. But if we don't, to rush the process so that you can look good to a bunch of ADs and a bunch of coaches that have been getting their butts kicked by Michigan the last couple of years, give me a break. Give me a break. So we'll see what happens. We don't know what the Big Ten is going to do, but I'm on Team Harbaugh. I'm on Team Michigan on this one. I just don't believe that we should completely rewrite the process of how we do things and suspend a coach in the middle of the season without proof. I truly believe that. By the way, I've said it for two weeks now. You want this all to end, Penn State? You want this all to end, Ohio State? Beat them on the field and it won't matter. We'll see if it happens this weekend. We'll see if it happens next week at Maryland. We'll see if it happens in three weeks against Ohio State. Best way to stop all this, beat Michigan. It won't matter. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to switch gears. And uh, it's kind of interesting because obviously, look, we just spent a lot of time talking about Michigan. And it's kind of wild because in the same weekend that Michigan plays Penn State, Georgia plays Ole Miss. Those are the two headline games. Obviously, from the Michigan perspective, there's this thing going on around the program that has kind of largely overshadowed the game itself. Now, once Saturday comes, we're going to watch the game, et cetera. But this thing is big, right? Well, I bring it up because quietly there's been something going on at Ole Miss that all of a sudden bubbled to the surface on Thursday, just hours before one of the biggest games that they've had in recent school history. And so the situation going on, it involves a player named DeSanto Rollins. Okay. So in September, DeSanto Rollins sued the school and sued Lane Kiffin um, and basically argued racial discrimination that he got thrown off the team um, and that, you know, it was racial discrimination, but also that his mental health rights were were challenged, that basically he took a sabbatical from the team. Um, you know, other players have had the opportunity to leave and take a mental health break. He gets thrown off, whatever. I bring it up. That lawsuit happened to be filed in September, by the way. I should mention just just so we're all clear here. Um, he did. He is seeking $10 million in compensatory damages from Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss another 30 million in punitive damages from Kiffin and is seeking a temporary restraining order as well as an injunction reinstating him to the team. Now it's important to note, by the way, Ole Miss, when this story first broke, they said he's still on the team. He's still on scholarship. He's allowed to be there even if he's not playing. So that's what's going on. But I bring it up because it just so happened that audio of his interaction with Lane Kiffin that ultimately led to what he believes was being kicked off the team It just so happened to come out on Thursday. Now, an Ole Miss fan will sit there and tell you, uh, you know, it's not a coincidence. They're trying to create interest in the lawsuit. They're trying to create buzz, whatever. Uh, But I bring it up because I want to talk about this. We unfortunately do not have the audio. I'm going to read you a transcript of the back and forth. But let me just give you a little bit of context as to what happened in the lead up to this meeting with Lane Kiffin in late March. Okay. So DeSanto Rollins was part of the team last year. Gets hurt, doesn't really play, whatever. In the spring, he alleges that basically his position coach tries to force him to transfer. Then he has a meeting with Kiffin in the position coach where they say, okay, we're moving you to the scout team O-line. He says, I need a break from the program, whatever. Uh, His mom, and I know I'm going in a lot of different directions, but let me explain. We'll get to the setup here. His mom then asked the school for a mental health therapist to kind of work with him. The mental health therapist meets with him. And about two, three weeks pass, finally he meets with Kiffin where this dust-up happens, okay? So he basically meets with the mental health therapist. He does not interact at all with the coaching staff or with Lane Kiffin. It leads to the meeting uh, in mid-March of this year. And here is the back and forth. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. I apologize that we don't have the audio, but I'm just going to read it to you uh, as best I can. So it starts with Lane Kiffin. He says, if you would have come in here when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you and you say, I'm not ready to talk to him. Kiffin said Rollins responded. I wasn't ready to talk. Kiffin says, what expletive world do you live in? I don't. He says Rollins responds. I don't understand why you have to be disrespectful. Honestly, Kiffin says, get out of here. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. 
go, go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. Go read your expletive rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach asks to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being an expletive. It's called hiding behind expletive and not showing up to work. So that audio made the rounds. If you have not heard it, it is readily available on social media. Credit to front office sports. They're the ones that got it. Um, And let me do a bunch of caveats before we get into it. One, said this a million times. I'm going to keep saying it every time a topic like this comes up. Mental health is a serious thing. It's not something I take lightly. It's not a joke to me. It's not anything that I take lightly. I've said it many times. My wife works in the mental health field. Yes, I am married. Convince somebody to marry me. Whatever. Wife works in the mental health field. My sister works in the mental health field. My sister-in-law works in the mental health field. I know how serious it is. I know how many people struggle with this stuff on a day-to-day basis. I'm not here to uh, analyze uh, Rollins from the, 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 the that perspective. I'm not here to psychoanalyze him from the mental health perspective. But what I am here is to say this. Based on what we know now, based on the audio that we heard, and based on what we know, based on the facts that are in the lawsuit, I think the Rollins camp very much dropped this audio to try to make him be a sympathetic figure on Thursday before one of the old, I don't know if it was, it had anything to do with the old miss game on Saturday, but I don't think it's coincidence. I believe that they dropped this audio to make him a sympathetic, sympathetic figure. I actually think it was Lane Kiffin who comes off not looking wrong here. Now, bluntly people that listen to the audio, there's a lot of expletives from Lane Kiffin. I think a lot of people would sit there and say, well, you know, he's the head coach. He's the adult in the room. He shouldn't be yelling and screaming and swearing at the kid. At the same time, I mean, how much is a coach supposed to take, right? As Lane Kiffin said, and as is confirmed in the lawsuit, um, the kid went AWOL for two weeks. The kid didn't respond to texts from his coaches. He didn't respond to texts from Lane Kiffin. He knows that they want to meet with him, and he didn't show up. And so from Lane Kiffin's perspective, of course he's mad. They've been trying to get in touch for two weeks. The kid doesn't respond. Then he shows up, and he wants a meeting. So of course Lane Kiffin is going to be frustrated. Of course, he's going to be mad. And again, it goes to a baseline thing that I have talked about on this show. Again, I don't take mental health. I don't think it's a joke, whatever. But one thing that does bother me, one thing that really drives me crazy, I do not like people using mental health as an excuse to get away with any which behavior that they choose. I'm not saying this kid doesn't have things that he needs to work out in his personal life. I'm not saying that Lane Kiffin was handled this with 100% class. And I'm sure if one, I'm sure if he knew he was recorded because my guess is he did not know it. He was recorded. Now, according to Mississippi law, he does not have to be told that he's recorded, but I'm sure if Lane Kiffin had to do it over that he would love a second chance at that particular interaction. But at the same time, it's emotional. He hasn't seen the kid forever. And I am tired of people using mental health as an excuse to get out of things they don't want to do. I understand there are mental health issues. I understand there are things that people have to work through. It's something that every single person in society has to work through. Mental health, behind the scenes, things that you don't know that are going on. I get it. What is the old saying? Everybody's going through something. I'm not here to criticize him for what was going on in his personal life. That does not excuse him from being able to do whatever the heck he wants and just not show up. I saw a bunch of people say this on social media, but it's true. Is you have any job in any walk of life, 
You can't just go AWOL for two weeks and say, oh, by the way, sorry, mental health, you know, whatever, boss, take me back. It's like, no, that's not how life works. And by the way, if you want to get mad at me, you want to say, well, you're not a mental health expert. Who are you to say? Well, according to the lawsuit, this kid meant, met, excuse me, with a mental health expert provided by the school. By the way, it is ironic because uh, Lane Kiffin and his staff actually uh, in the offseason talked a lot about their mental health training. But there was a, a, a school appointed person to speak with this young man. And the school appointed person said, meet with the coaches. I think the suggestion was meet on March 7th, and he actively chose not to meet until March 21st. So even the mental health expert in this case, which is certainly not me, told him, you got to talk to the coaches. You got to figure this out. You got to work on this together, and you have to keep them in the loop on what is going on. He chose not to for two weeks. So of course, Lane Kiffin is going to get mad, and of course, there are going to be repercussions. And so I don't mean to belabor the point. This doesn't have to be like a 24-minute segment here. But at the same time, I hope the kid gets the help that he needs. I hope if there are mental health issues, and listen, he was going through injuries. You know, you talk to any athlete that has had to rehab by themselves, work by themselves, be by themselves during that process, it sucks. You're not with your team. You're not with your guys. You're going through grueling rehab. You're doing whatever. It's not easy. But it also doesn't give you an excuse not to respond to the coach, not to respond to your uh, assistant coaches, whatever. And again, I especially, uh, you know, like I, I don't have one. I don't have sympathy because he recorded the thing. It was clear, in my opinion, uh, it appears as though he was trying to some gotcha moment, some setup moment, some whatever. Shouldn't have been recording it. If it was really about mental health, you can still get in touch with the coaches and still let them know, hey, like, I'm not right. I can't be back. So I don't mean to go on and on. I wish the kid well. I don't know what else there is to say. I don't think Lane Kiffin comes off looking bad in this. If that makes me insensitive, I'm sorry. But again, yes, you can have mental health issues, but you still have baseline responsibilities. You're a student athlete. You're on scholarship. You're maybe getting NIL money. And apparently, like all they were asking for was, can you respond to a text? Can you respond to a phone call? Can you show up at the facility? And so we'll see how this all plays out. We'll see if there's new information. But one thing about me, my job is to react to the information that we have. And I think if Lane Kiffin had to do it over, he'd love a little bit of a different response, maybe a little bit more of a balanced response, maybe not so much screaming. But when the school-appointed mental health therapist literally tells you, meet with the coaching staff, talk to your coaches, it's okay, you'll work through it, and then you choose not to, I'm sorry, I don't feel bad. I especially don't feel bad because the kid recorded it. You know, the it just so happens to get out before Ole Miss's biggest game. Doesn't really add up to me, but I, I I don't think Lane Kiffin comes off looking bad here. By the way, I also saw some of this. Oh, it's gonna affect him in recruiting. It's not gonna affect him in recruiting. Like, like if you're winning, if you're putting up points, if you're winning a bunch of games, it's not gonna affect recruiting. Like he, he he's having success. The program is on fire. He runs a fun offense. He's not going to be for everybody, but not every coach is for everybody. But I saw this like it's going to affect recruiting. It's not going to affect recruiting. Even if people negatively use it, he will be able to explain himself. And if his explanation is we got him an appointed person, uh, he chose not to listen to that person. And then I got mad because he went AWOL for two weeks. Yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. All right, this is what we're going to do. Take a quick break. Come back when we come back. We're going to wrap with America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. Do you want to go ahead and wrap as we do every Friday with America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, giving my best and worst takes of the week. Before we get to it, though, one quick thing. So so obviously, look, there's a lot going on right now. College Hoops did start this week. We're not going to dive too deep into college hoops here on today's show. There's too much football. Big weekend ahead. Maybe on Monday we talk a little bit of college hoops. But I bring it up because there, there are actually a lot of super marquee games on Friday night. Tennessee at Wisconsin, Missouri hosting Memphis. And I do want to talk about one specific one very quickly before we get to Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong. That is Arizona going to Duke. So how about that, right? Oh, there's no great college basketball games this week. How do we have an opening week without big games? Well, we get two of probably the 10 biggest brands in college, college basketball. Certainly the biggest brand west of the Rocky Mountains in Arizona traveling to Duke for a true road game. And all I'll say very quickly is this. This line opened with as Duke as a five and a half point favorite in the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is down to five. And I'm here to tell you, this is going to be a great game. Arizona, to me, is a really good team. First of all, remember, Arizona, Caleb Love now plays for Arizona, former North Carolina guard. So Caleb Love, of course, was part of the North Carolina team that went into Cameron Indoor in Coach K's final game as head coach at Duke. And they pulled out the victory. Then they beat Duke in the final four. He has since transferred to Arizona. Uh, but I, I actually think Arizona can 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 win this game outright. If this is my first official college hoops betting pick of the, of the year, go ahead, give me uh, Arizona on the road to cover against Duke. I don't know if they'll win outright, but one Duke is a little bit banged up. Mark Mitchell, one of their stars that returned, is you know coming off an injury. He didn't play in their opener. Two, I watched Arizona. That is a really good basketball team. They're big. They're super athletic. Remember, Umar Balo, the, the, the third-year player, he transferred from Gonzaga. This is his third year at Arizona, seven-foot center. They had a Keisha Johnson uh, from San Diego State, one of my favorite transfers of the offseason. They are big. They are long. Their guards are super dynamic. Kylan Boswell, Caleb Love, as I just mentioned, and Jaden Bradley. Do not be surprised if Arizona goes into Duke and pulls off the upset, but your official AT college hoops best bet is Arizona plus five in Cameron. With that said, no more college hoops for today. Let's go ahead and wrap as we do every Friday with America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We wrap every Friday with this segment. One, yes, I stole it from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. And I decided to bring it to the Aaron Torres pod for one very simple reason. It is because over the course of a week, a month, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, nobody loves giving out more hot sports takes than your boy Torres. Torres said this. Torres said that you should have listened to Torres. 
I never shut up. Well, we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong every week, highlighting my best takes of the week. But also, let's be honest, I get a lot of stuff wrong too. And this is kind of a moment in time where I get to slap myself on the wrist and say, Torres, be better. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. Let's get to this edition of where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We're actually going to open with where Aaron was wrong. So listen, I've flipped my entire opinion on this entire Michigan story from the beginning. When the story first broke, I said Michigan needs to be punished. If they broke the rules, if they had people in person scouting games, they need to be punished accordingly. I still very much believe that. I also believe that the process should be followed as it has been for 100 years when it comes to this stuff in college sports. We can argue it takes too long from the NCAA, but I am not a fan of the uh, of the Big Ten trying to circumvent things, even though uh, even though the whole situation allows them to, and go ahead and try to rush the process. Go ahead, collect evidence, see what we know, see what Jim Harbaugh knew, see what the staff knew, and then punish from there. The idea that the Big Ten is just going to swoop in and start handing out punishments like they're Oprah handing out free cars, I don't like it. I do I did not like it. And so, as I mentioned off the top. My opinion on this has flipped a little bit. Think that Michigan uh, probably deserves some punishment in some way, shape, or form. Also believe they deserve due process in this. Where Aaron was right. I'll say this. This is where I was right about Michigan. About two weeks ago, I said, look, the NCAA can only move so fast. I said the Big Ten, though, in theory can get involved. We've never really seen anything like it, but I guarantee the Big Ten will receive pressure from its 13 other schools not named Michigan to be part of this investigation, and that is exactly what happened. We'll see what happens with Michigan. We'll see what happens down the road, but the bottom line is this whole thing has really stemmed from the idea that Michigan that, that other schools feel wronged by Michigan, other schools want punishment, and I said it a week before anybody else. I said the Big Ten is going to feel pressure at some point. The other schools are going to get involved. The other schools are going to want justice, and that is exactly what has happened. Let's stick with college football where Aaron was right. How about that Alabama Crimson Tide? Listen, I, I let's go back to September. In September, oh, everything's going wrong. Chaos, blah, 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 this and that. They benched Jalen Milrow, then they start him again. What does it mean? Was he actually suspended for the South Florida game? And I said, look, Nick Saban's a coaching genius. He understands the strengths and weaknesses of his group. He understands that Jalen Milrow gives them the best chance to win and we will see if it actually happens. But what I never said was the dynasty is dead. I never said it's over. I said, look, it's going to look different. It's going to take time. But as long as Bama doesn't drop that second game, they are going to get better over the course of the year. Well, that is exactly what happened. Bama took care of business last week against LSU. And now everything's ahead for them. Beat Kentucky this weekend. You're officially the SEC West champs. Beat Kentucky, Chattanooga, and Auburn. You're going to uh, the SEC championship game with a chance to make the college football playoff. And, of course, if you beat Georgia, you make the playoff, and then we'll see what happens from there. I don't know if they're going to do it all, but I said from the beginning, I said, don't give up on this team. Don't give up on Saban. It's going to look different. There's no Bryce Young. There's no Tua. There's no Mac Jones. But this is still a talented team with an elite coaching staff or at least an elite head coach. They'll figure it out, and they have. Where Aaron was wrong. So it pains me to say this. Your boy Torres may have gotten a little bit ahead of himself on the Dion hype train. And listen, I'll be blunt. I still believe in Coach Prime. I still believe he is going to be a very good coach. And as the talent, you know, kind of situation kind of upgrades itself there, he's going to recruit. 
And when the talent upgrades itself, he is going to figure things out and he's going to, uh, I think, be a very good football coach for Colorado. At the same time, though, I also have to be totally blunt and totally transparent with you guys and girls. This program has regressed. This team has regressed since the start of the season. I think you can argue the best game they played all year was against TCU. And obviously they have major holes. Can't run the ball. The defense is actually improving. The offensive line is terrible, though. And we'll see what happens this offseason. But at the same time, got to call a spade a spade. They're sitting at four and five. They've lost five of their last six games um, and lost some bad ones, right? Stanford, they blew a 29-point lead. Uh, you know, UCLA, it was never really competitive. On and on and on. Love Dion. Love Coach Prime. I still believe he's going to figure it out, but may have put the cart before the horse here a little bit as uh, as Colorado is now four and five going into their game against Arizona this weekend where Aaron was right. Let's go to opening week of college hoops. How about those Kentucky Wildcats? So listen, I said back in the summertime, Kentucky took a foreign tour overseas. It wasn't really a foreign tour. It was, you know, it was one of those uh, events, the Global Jam, where they played basically an international event representing Team USA. And when I watched them play, I said, look, I know they're young. I know they're inexperienced. But at the same time, I think this Kentucky team has a chance to be pretty good. This is a group that is young, but the guards are super dynamic. There is no Oscar Shibway clogging the middle. The spacing, the ball movement, the three-point shooting looks much, much, much better than it did a year ago. Well, I know it's only one game, and I know they played a New Mexico State squad that is basically completely starting from scratch because at the end of the day, uh, uh, New Mexico State is a program that had to shut down in the middle of last year because of the whole situation uh, in that program. But at the same time, Kentucky, to its credit, an opening night 40-point win in that game. Rob Dillingham, freshman guard, 17 points. Uh, DJ Wagner, 13 points, 11 points for Antonio Reeves. This team looks really good. Listen, I don't know what the ceiling is for this team. I'm not going to sit here and make, say they definitively make their first Final Four since 2015. This is the best backcourt they've had since Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox were there in 2015. And I think this is going to be a kind of a surprise team this season, right? A lot of people spent all offseason, myself included, criticizing Cal, the portal. You can't win with freshmen. Well, as I've said many times, if the freshmen are good enough, you can win. Duke, remember last year, was basically starting four freshmen. Guess what? They won the ACC tournament and ended this the regular season on a nine-game win streak. Alabama, number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Three of their top five scores were freshmen. So you can win with freshmen if they're good enough. And I think Kentucky's might be. Speaking of Alabama hoops where Aaron was wrong. Listen, I, this was a team that I kind of didn't really love coming into the year. Uh, you know, they lost a lot of talent off of that team that I just mentioned. Obviously, Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the draft. But more than anything, even the players that they replaced him with, a lot of mid-major guys that were transferring up. You know, you have a, a, a center named Grant Nelson that isn't much of a three-point shooter. I said, ah, I don't really know how this team's going to look. Well, if one game is any indication, they're awesome again. Alabama basketball put up uh, 105 points, 32-point win to open the season against Moorhead State, and they looked very much like pretty much any Alabama team of the Nate Oates era. Overall, they finished the game hitting 10 three-pointers, 43% from behind the arc. They played fast, 16 assists total on 29 made baskets, whatever it ended up being. This Alabama team is really good. Give them a lot of credit. They have not missed a beat. The schedule is obviously going to get tougher. I'm not saying they're going undefeated or anything like that, but I do give them credit. Really quickly, let's wrap where Aaron was right. So this is maybe one of my favorite all-time Aaron Wrights. 
So, and I, I've referenced it three, four, five times over the last couple of years. But when the Dallas Cowboys, when they lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs two years ago, that was the game they were at home, uh, driving the length of the field. Dak rushes up to the line of scrimmage, should have spiked the ball, runs a play. They end up losing. I said, you have to fire Mike McCarthy right now. I don't care if it's year one or year two. You have a very tight window with Dak Prescott, with that big contract, with all of these other guys, Micah Parsons, Trevin, Trevon Diggs, excuse me, and CeeDee Lamb all on rookie contracts. And my theory at the time, go offer Nick Saban $25 million a year. If he says no, offer him 30 If he says no, offer him 40 it does not matter. But you cannot win at the highest level with Mike McCarthy because it's too unorganized. The details are too goofy. Like you just, you go on and on. And it's just like every time the Cowboys are on the brink, something bad happens. And it's all, in my opinion, a lot of it comes back down to coaching. Why do I bring it up? Did you see the end of the Dallas Philly game last week, right? Dallas is in the red zone. They're trying to take the lead. They're trying to win the game. Tough road environment. You get down right around the line of scrimmage. A couple things happen. One, the oldest rule in football. We know what it is. The quarterback cannot take a sack. What happens? Dak takes a sack. They rush back up to the line of scrimmage. They run one final play. Got to get into the end zone. CeeDee Lamb breaks at the three-yard line, catches it, tackled, ball game over. Listen, this is what you're going to get with Mike McCarthy as your head coach. I told you three years ago, fire him, get rid of him. You need a guy that's detail-oriented, detail-focused because the talent is there. They're never going to get over the hump with Mike McCarthy. I truly believe that. Last week against Philly is further proof. Finally, where Aaron was wrong. I think this might end up being an all-time Aaron wrong. I wasn't a C.J. Stroud guy coming into last year's NFL draft. I like, you know, I probably would have taken him at number two. I certainly would have taken him ahead of Will Levis, who I was definitely wrong about as well. Would have taken him ahead of Anthony Richardson, who I was also probably wrong about. I just didn't like him. Just like, you know, he doesn't do enough for me. Well, I bring it up because literally the headline on ESPN.com today when I looked it up, C.J. Stroud in the middle of a historic rookie season. So not only is he good, he's literally putting up historic numbers, 14 touchdowns, one interception through whatever it is, seven, eight games in his rookie year. Listen, credit to him. It's not as though he went to the perfect situation. The Texans are a mess. Uh, First-year head coach in D'Amico Ryan's defensive head coach, uh, which sometimes stunts the growth of a quarterback. Credit to D'Amico Ryan's, but credit to C.J. Stroud. He's better already than I thought he would be. He is a franchise quarterback. And in that loaded AFC with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Josh Allen and the uh, Bills, uh, Mahomes, obviously, you go on and on down the list. I think we got another elite young quarterback in the AFC and CJ Stroud. All right. I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Do think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. I will be back on Monday. We're going to have a lot to talk about one way or another. Penn State, Michigan, uh, Ole Miss, Georgia, we got a lot to discuss. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football, everybody. If you missed any shows this week, do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and d- download them. I don't even care if you listen to all of them. Just, just pump those download numbers. Leave a rating and review. Do your boy a favor. I'll be back on Monday. I think I already said it, but shout out Torrent Craig. Rachel hates my voice. JJ Reddick, unblock me, bro. Monday, a lot of football to react to. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.